DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Craig Bullerjack joins us now. TV voice of the Utah Jazz. You see him on AT&T Sportsnet. And he joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Bowler, good morning. Hey, DJ, PK, how are you? Bowler, we're doing well, but we want to ask a favor of you right off the start. Yes, favors. Go ahead. Don't discuss any exhibition games. Don't (laughs) sell us on anything good or bad in an exhibition game, because everybody knows their exhibition games and they don't count. We need to stay big picture. We are drooling over the 23rd. We are now inside of two weeks to the season opener. Can you do this for us, Bowler? I'll do my very best. Okay. I'll do my very best. And, you know, of course, uh, social media needs just to, to relax, and I totally uh, I get it. Yes, yes. Well, okay. let's, take an all, let's all just take a deep breath. The that? J- Screw that, man. Rick Donovich, <laughs> make a shot. Mike Cantley, make a shot. Holy freak. Stop it. Frickin' frack right there, baby. What better time to miss shots than when they don't count? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And also, it'd be nice to have a Gobert uh, right in the post when uh, I think we they, will. they decide to play uh, Giannis last night and Joe Ingles, uh, who's set in rest, rest as well. So, uh, yeah, yeah, there's... Uh, I, I figured when I saw the combo uh, last night and saw that basically Milwaukee was going with their uh, their their five, uh, and you know Rudy's resting, I figured this could be an interesting, difficult evening. So yeah, who yeah. cares? Okay, yeah, Bowler, Bowler, we yeah. wanted big picture. That's two last nights. We're letting it go. We're letting okay, it go. Let's let it go. I Take don't care yeah. if the Jazz score 133 or give up 133. I'm not riding the preseason roller coaster. I know good, I'll ride good. the regular season roller coaster. PK will <laughs> criticize me for it. He will castigate it. He will try to train me to be patient and wait for the postseason, and I will fail because I'm me and that's how I'm wired. But I am right. going to be good in the preseason and not ride the roller coaster. So well, here's my question yeah. for you because okay. you have followed yeah. the Jazz. Uh, as a TV broadcaster, as a local broadcaster, uh, many people don't know this, but you were actually a jazz analyst for a couple of years back in the 80s when uh, your station had the rights. So there's right. this long thing, and these cycles repeat itself, even as the game changes. Three-point shots bigger, shooting's more important. But if you look at the uh, Darren Williams, Carlos Boozer, Memo, Kerr, Andre Kirilenko team, it was undersized, but it was highly skilled. Because it was skilled, they had several 50-win seasons. They won four playoff series over four years. They went to a conference final one year. They went out in the first round one year. Had a couple second-rounders. Now, the Jazz built a long athletic team these last three years, not as skilled, not as good shooting, and found that they could get to about 50 wins at about the second round. Now they've gone smaller and more skilled. Is this going to be that different, or are we going to find in the long run that for all the skill and all the shooting, the lack of size, the small backcourt, they're not as big and athletic. They're going to miss Jay Crowder's size and athleticism and toughness, right? And they're going to end up in a similar spot. Do you think we're back to 2009-ish, roughly? Oh, man, that's a lot to digest, but it's, it's a good breakdown of, uh, of, of the jazz and the jazz history and, and constantly trying to stay true to the times, right? I think the, the times of the league kind of dictate at times uh, what the jazz are doing, and now it's about the three and it's play at the rim. 
And so they bring in shooters, and they do give up size. That's a great point. Ed Davis is slight of build, but still has the height and a tremendous rebounder, but doesn't have maybe just the physical toughness uh, of the Jay Crowders, uh, of, the, of the Derek Favors. So you bring up a great point. Uh, Rudy, they depend a lot on, uh, as, as we know, and we saw that again Sorry, but last night. But, you know, he's the dunk guy. He, he's, he's the rim player, and the Jazz didn't have much rim play uh, at all last night. Uh, so that comes into play. But to get your, back to your question, I think the Jazz are trying to keep up with what the rest of the West is trying to do. Now, Milwaukee, let me just real quickly look at what I saw last night. That team is large, uh, big, uh, and the, the beauty of their team is that the seven-footers all can knock it out from downtown and that's that's going to be difficult for any team in the in the east and in the west to handle that was pretty impressive with the lopez brothers and what Giannis is all about but getting back to the jazz i think what the what justin zanuck and dennis did this year was make some bold moves to get a better point guard uh, nothing against ricky tremendous individual but another level uh, that will allow donovan to grow and become this uh, athletic team in the west that has to knock down threes and still play rim play with Gobert. So um, I saw some things last night I did like. Jeff Green continues to to show us an, an interesting skill set, some mid-range game, uh, some slash ability, and, and Davis does rebound the ball extremely well for second chance, uh, you know, points. So, you know, again, DJ, I'm with you. It's it's you got to put the full complement on the floor to really get a good feel for what the Jazz are going to be. How much do you think Bogdanovich will, A, put the ball on the floor and, B, be allowed to put the ball on the floor and go to the basket? You know, I, I watching him, PK, in practice, he has surprised me athletically uh, what you just said, what he can do. And, he, you know, I thought he was just going to park himself in a corner and just hit threes. No, this guy is athletic. Uh, he is more slash, he has slash ability. Uh, he can, uh, you know, finish at the rim. Uh, you know, he's 6'8", 220, and I, I'm, I'm more impressed with his athleticism. I thought he rushed a shot last night. Uh, there was a lot of pressure on putting these guys on the floor for the first time together, and it showed. But uh, I think, PK, he's more, uh, he has more athleticism than, than I think any of us thought because, again, the focus was on the three-point shooting. That's a good thing. I think he's more versatile than, than I thought than I thought he was. I expect Royce O'Neal to take a huge step forward. I don't know that he'll close games because we focused on the five, and I think we know who the five are. But if any one of them is hurt or if any one of them is in foul trouble, he'll be the guy, I think. And I think he's going to play huge minutes, even if his, everybody isn't healthy and out of foul trouble. Do you think he's 25 to 30 minutes a night and playing a really big role for this team? That's that's I know his his goal. I think the Jazz expect him to play those minutes too, uh, DJ. Here's the thing about Royce and what the Jazz also have have tried to do is they continue to morph in some ways. The the only five, the only number they'll use for any player is Gobert and mostly Ed Davis and Tony Bradley, all fives. 
with a slash four on Ed Davis. But the rest of these guys are all interchangeable parts, and that's where the league has morphed into as well. You know, you're just a basketball player, and that's what Royce is. You know, he's six six, but he can play multiple positions, and I think that's going to help him with those minutes. He averaged 20, nearly 21 last year on the floor. I think, again, they're looking for his point production to increase. And also, he's a defender that can kind of – he can get a little uh, edgy, and that's what they need, too, on the defensive side. If you get minutes for Quinn Snyder, it's still about defense. And that's where Royce O'Neal really kind of made his name, uh, getting a shot from Dennis, you know, coming out of Baylor. And all of a sudden you see kind of a, a young player who understands his role but wants more and really has a, a very good defensive ability. And also his offensive game is starting to come around too because he can knock it down from outside, but yet he's also a guy quick off the dribble. And I think that's what the Jazz want. They want that that ability from outside and also getting into the rim. You know, analytics, as we all know, and I still think the, the mid-range jumper has a has has something to do with this league or should have something to do with this league. But the analytics tell you that's that's where it's going. It's at the rim. That's why Gobert is so uh, so important, not only defensively, but his offensive game and his rolling, the pick and roll, uh, but also the three-point shot. And it'll analytically tell you that's that's how you win games. On opening night in less than two weeks, are we going to see Dante Axum playing in the game? PK, I keep wondering the same thing. Uh, I've seen him on the floor and uh, then off the floor. Uh, saw him yesterday at practice here and just did not participate, uh, undergoing still treatment on the right knee rehab. Don't know, PK. It's it's very, uh, you know, as a player continues to, to work his way back on the floor, the Jazz don't really have to, to make any comments about him, maybe a weekly or bi-monthly you know, medical update. Uh, but what I've seen so far, I don't think we'll see him opening night. Um, it's a process, one that they tend to probably, you know, I thought about this the other day. With the investment of players, I think you're going to see now even more uh, wait-and-see approaches with medical staffs, especially after the, the Durant injury last year in the, in the finals. But even with Dante, who has shown – the uh, propensity for uh, for injury, PK. I, I think there's just there's it's a hold your breath, wait and see, and make sure that everything is okay. Sooner or later, you have to let him out of the cage, right, and just go play. Uh, some players have the ability to shake injury off quicker, heal quicker. Some players don't. Some are more you know injury prone. Is this just a series of bad luck? I love to see him play. I would love to see 75 games out of Dante Exum this year, just to really get a feel. And the Jazz need to know, fans need to know uh, what he is, what he brings. We've seen, you know, minutes flashes of uh, of defensive, you know, ability and and a quick first step to the rim. But uh, it's hard to say. I still don't know truly what kind of player he is, PK. But I've seen flashes as you have. But I, I would not hold my breath for opening night. But maybe I'll prove me wrong. You know, that's that's what I'm waiting to see. You know, you can only make the most of the opportunities you're given. You can't do anything with the opportunities you haven't been given yet. Right. Tony Bradley was given opportunities in Summer League, and it is just Summer League. But I thought he made the most of everything he was given. They're just preseason games, but Tony Bradley seems to be making the most of what he's given. When we get to the regular season and Gobert is playing – 
what kind of opportunities are going to be to show him to, for him to show what he can do, and is he maybe the next guy going down that Royce O'Neal path? The Jazz invest in him, develop him. The G League pays off. All the assistant coaches they have doing the development work on one payoff, and he is actually a pretty nice player. What are the odds? That's where this story's going. I think it's a good story and one that the path is leading towards a roster spot on this team. I think with, again, Jay Crowder and D. Faves not on the roster opened up the opportunity, D.J., for Tony Bradley. You're right. Look, I understand Summer League is just Summer League, and fans get a kick out of watching young players try to make the roster or a roster. And Jerry Sloan always said, look, you know, there's 29 other teams with their eyeballs on you, so go play hard. And that's true. Uh, for the Jazz, they've developed him. That's what they're known for, right? And what I've seen in the last two games, Adelaide, obviously, they were outmatched with the size of the Jazz and Tony Bradley. Another double-double. He's a double-double guy. He he had he averaged a double-double in the, in the summer league. And he's picking up where he left off. I see a guy that has passion, and I see a guy who's worked hard to shed pounds and become a better athlete. And last night, uh, he worked his tail off. And what did he do? He took advantage, as you said, of the minutes and hit 17 points, 10 rebounds. And he was pretty – I mean, he's efficient. He hit 7 to 10 shots last night. So, again, he doesn't have a a large repertoire in his offensive game, but he's good on the boards. He's good with, uh, you know, putbacks and close to the rim. He can – he runs the floor better than maybe people give him credit for as well. So – yeah, he's like a Royce O'Neal. He's a, I think he's one of those players that Jazz have to hold up a bit and say, look, we developed this guy, and he's earned minutes. How many? I don't know. I think he'll be a guy behind Ed Davis at the start of the season. But uh, things could change, obviously, with size and different, uh, uh, different matches, matchups this year in the NBA. But Bradley's a, a, a good story, one of development. And I tell you, give the kid credit, a lot of hard work. He's hung in there. He's really hung in there. Craig Bolojack, big picture on the upcoming NBA season. <laughs> Bowler, thanks big for j- thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Hey, we'll do it again tomorrow night, right? And uh, I'm guessing Gobert probably should get a rep or two. That's my guess. So we'll see. And the return of favors uh, with a new team. Uh, anxious to see how they the Jazz respond and turn this thing around. Bowler, thanks a lot. We appreciate it. All right, guys. See you soon. Craig Bolajak, TV voice of the Utah Jazz. Coming up next, everything you missed in this show. The athlete you can feel bad for. A couple other people who got put on that list. Expectations for Dante Axum. Expectations for Jaron Hall in his first start. We've been over all those topics this morning. We'll get you up to speed next. Stay with us. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Jazz lose in Milwaukee, 133 to 99. Tony Bradley, 17 points, 10 boards. Donovan Mitchell scored 14 points in 18 minutes. Didn't play in the second half. Mike Conley was 0 for 6 from the floor. The Jazz are off to New Orleans to play the Pelicans tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. Listen to it on The Zone. Tonight on The Zone, you can listen to Thursday Night Football. It's the Giants and the undefeated Patriots. Perfect 5-0. 6-20 kickoff on Big Fox and the NFL Network. You can listen to the game on The Zone Sports Network. Major League Baseball won game today. Astros and Rays, Game 5, American League Division Series, starts at 5 o'clock on FS1.
Top of the Wire, brought to you by Syringa Networks. Verizon customers, if you were recently notified that some of your telecommunication services will no longer be supported, contact Syringa Networks. Syringa is Utah's fastest-growing premier telecommunications provider. They have a full range of services. Call them today at 385-420-7881. That number again, 385-420-7881. That's Syringa Networks. Big Show. Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Are you ready? You guys ready? You always hear good things about the backup quarterback, and yeah. then sometimes when they go in, you're like, well, that's not too great. But Jaron Hall, we've heard good things, and, and we're going to chance to see it. He needs to be at least steady. Remember our boy Christian Stewart a few years ago? We took over for Taysom yeah. Hill. Uh-huh. He was steady. He was not a bad player, and I realized they lost some games with Stu at the helm. But mostly it wasn't his fault, and he came in and did a pretty serviceable job. Do you think steady will do it? Will that get the job done? Against South Florida, it will. There are going to be times this season where he will be the absolute key to the offensive success. And that's a big ask for a guy just coming in off the bench. Turn this up. Catch the Big Show. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Afternoons from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Unfortunately, I think there's a lot of moments in this first part of the season where we listen to too many people talking about how good we were. And, you know, that's, that's, that's poison. And I think we heard too many of those, too much of that noise, especially in the offseason. I kept trying to tell people, stop giving us the crown. But, but uh, well, not just that, because no one's expectations are higher than ours. But when you're a 20-year-old guy and somebody tells you how awesome you are, eventually you're going to start believing it. And so I think we performed really Really, uh, really well versus Southern California, and I think we got a little bit too big for our britches on the O line. So hopefully, we get back to you know kind of gritting our teeth and make sure no one knows who we are. That's BYU's offensive line coach Eric Mateos talking about the line getting too big for their britches. PK, they're only averaging 102 yards per game rushing. It's like bottom 10 in the country. That's well, terrible. They should not be too big for the britches. That number Chicken noodles got to get 100 yards. Oh, that's going to be a soup reference there. Yeah, Took I'm looking for chicken noodle to break out. Super. Not minestrone? No, I want chicken noodle. I want them to slither through like a noodle. Okay. I once had chicken noodle before work when I was working at the Watchdog, and I got sick, and I barfed in the car. I couldn't hold it. And all this chicken noodle came right back up on the steering wheel. That's gross. True story. Okay, we didn't really need that. Yeah, we could have done without that story. <laughs> well, we can do without me on this planet, so if we're going to go with that logic. It's better with you on the planet, PK, <laughs> but it's also better without the chicken noodle on the steering wheel story. But it's true. Can't get that out of my mind. So they call him soup, so I'm looking for Chicken Noodle to have a big game. This is his chance. Come on, Chicken Noodle. We had Dustin Smith on, works with Quarterback Elite, trains a lot of quarterbacks, has trained Jaron Hall for years. Uh, and he was talking about, uh, you know, you asked him what is the strength, asked what is the weakness, and he said, like most quarterbacks, he needs a run game, and BYU has been defined by their run game. They are 9-9 nine and nine in the last year and a half. Dustin pointed out, and he said they're 9-2 and two when they run for 100 yards, and they're 0-7 when they don't. Well, then get to 100 yards. There it is. If that, they can get to 100 yards. Well, if do they, it. If they are determined to get to 100 yards, they can get there. Run it. Run it. Run it some more. Like third and 14. Run it. We'll Pad your suit. totals. We'll. Don't take a sack and get 100 yards. They can get there. But if, they're still 9-2. and two. They could still lose doing that. They're nine and two when they get to 100. Big deal. You you get off on these numbers, so 
then they'd be nine and three. That's still pretty good. Yeah, but don't put it on me. You're the one who said, man, I can't even argue with you. That's pretty. That lays it out pretty well. Well, but he also included the turnovers. He just didn't include. He did. And it was basically he described Kyle winning him football. That's what I thought listening to him. Don't turn the ball over. They don't turn it over in their wins, and they turn over a bunch in their losses. Don't turn it over and run the ball, which is what Kyle's been but preaching for years. that's logic. Yes. He has the numbers that back it up. And that is— We the, all know that's the premise, but then when you have the numbers that—I don't need to prove it because it's already been proven. Yes. It's just that these are the literal numbers for these guys. So they need to run the ball, and Jaron needs to not turn it over. And Jaron should add to the rushing total. Uh, we've heard that from multiple people. Yeah, but people. sacks also detract from it. They do. How much do you want him running, though? Oh, you want to play your third-string quarterback? How many hits is he going to take? I don't mind him running. I don't want him getting hit. So where you run him, not between the tackles, thank you. The zone read well, stuff between gonna, the tackles. What quarterback runs between the tackles? Though? Guys who run the zone read stuff. Tyler Huntley did it, and he's doing less of it now, thank goodness. I don't know, the zone read. I'm not some football, so I don't know what the zone read is. I think is. you do. I think you're playing dumb now. Zone read. Say it, keep saying it with your disgust <laughs> in your voice. This gets, get the ball in the end zone, man. Don't read. Don't. I don't care if you just look at the pitchers. You don't have to read anything. You can just look at the pitchers. Get the ball in the end zone. That's all that matters. I don't care how you do it. Thursday Night Football. Is there any chance the Giants are going to pull this off? Daniel yes. Jones is going to start building the legend where right. the Patriots stroll to 6-0 and because their defense has been crushing people. It's Daniel Jones, it's fi- about time we have one DJ who's good. Oh, man, now you're just trying to hurt my feelings. Because <laughs> all the DJs I know are a pain in my buttocks. Oh, really? So you don't like jo- Craig Bullerjack's kid? No. <laughs> Never have. Nope. And there's me. How many other DJs? Uh, the principal at Corner Canyon. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Don't like that dude. <laughs> you don't like their football coach or their principal? No. Baseball coach, good guy. Oh, yeah? <laughs> okay. You got any teachers there you like? One. <laughs> Married her. Thursday Night Football, you can hear it here on The Zone. It's the Giants and the Patriots. The Patriots' defense is giving up a little less than seven points a game. They've been outstanding defensively. And the Giants, you know, a little better since the quarterback change. Two and three now. So that game's at 620 tonight here on The Zone. Basketball in China. So they played basketball this morning, but there were no post-game interviews, no media availability for players or coaches or NBA Commissioner Adam Silver at the behest of the Chinese government. Now, there's stuff out there this morning that the fact they played the game shows how badly China wants the NBA, wants to be in the international community and all that stuff, that the NBA has some leverage here. They don't have it all. China canceled other stuff and pulled down advertising for the games and stopped selling rocket stuff online. You buying it that the NBA has some leverage they need to use here? I suppose. But I feel bad for the beat guys who go over there and are supposed to write about the Now team. what? Yeah. And their assignment is to write about the team. Bill Orham's over there. Let the other guys write about the other stuff, but let write about what's going on with the team, and you don't have access. They should. One time, the Utes were playing uh, down in Texas in basketball, and they had uh, it's a phenomenal comeback, and the referees screwed him over. Uh, Majerus got a T for yelling at Majin because he cussed him out. 
and the ref thought he was yelling at him. <laughs> so he teed him up. Church wasn't even talking to him, right? And it was this great comeback, and they got hosed at the end. So Majerus said, all the guys after the game, all the guys got to go back to the hotel. So <laughs> he never said that they were completely off limits. He said they just got to get back to the hotel. So from the press room, I called the rooms for the hotel. <laughs> And <laughs> you got post-game quotes from him? How did he handle that when he read that in the paper? Was he happy with you? Well, he knew I kind of – he didn't say I couldn't do it. He just said, oh, they, they all left. They, I sent them back to the hotel. Okay, well, the paper sent me all the way down here to Austin, Texas. So <laughs> just Hey, give me so-and-so. Uh, give me Keith Van Horn's number, please. A room. <laughs> and they patched me through. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> so I called two or three of the guys and, and got some quotes. So I'm wondering if that's what down in China, Belver, wherever... They should call, get the names of the... Hey, you said there's no press conference. I just called their hotel room. Can I have LeBron James, please? Except the problem is that they probably, you know, use pseudonyms and all that. On the other hand... Okay, well then get Caruso. Get somebody. On the other hand, a lot of the beat guys have a lot of cells and can text. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I just wanted some comments on the game. I wasn't looking for any, you know, expose thing. But I remember that was like the only time I did that. I thought well, I got to come up with something here. That's so, funny. I you've never told me that story. <laughs> yeah, so I called them up at the hotel, and they all and college kids. They were so easy to deal with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, I thought we didn't shoot the three well at all. We were wide open. They just didn't go in. Yeah, so I got my quotes, got my story, and filed it, and life went on. All right, speaking of other basketball, the Jazz played an exhibition game. You think the Bucks are really that good? And I know that I the Bucks are tall, sure, along, and athletic. They got beaten in the Eastern Conference final last year. If I said Milwaukee Bucks are the NBA champs, how surprising is that? I'd say mildly. Would you put them in the top two to three in the league to win it? I'd put them right there in the East for sure. I think everybody in the East. The consensus in the East is that it's it's Sixers and Bucks in the Eastern Final. That it is a but they've got some down. losses. You know, the Sixers yeah. losing Redick and mm-hmm. Butler, and uh, Brogdon left for Milwaukee. Did he not? And uh, so we still have trade deadline stuff to come. So I don't know that I could put them as yeah they're they're but Boston they're, has losses and they were a cut below I, I got and, it. but I'm, but so. no we're not just talking East I'm talking right. about winning it all and the West has so many new guys that I have to see it develop that's the intrigue this year is how the Clippers going to work how the Lakers going to work how the Jazz going to work right now a bunch the, of players the, with, how's the, Harden Westbrook going to work the Clippers are the default one and I got them half a tier up on everybody else but I'm still. Interested to see I, how I it agree. develops. I agree. And it could easily develop that it is not the Clippers. So when I see Vegas say the Clippers are the favorite to win the NBA title and have a 25% chance, I like that. Because I think there are a lot of teams that could end up beating out the Clippers. But right now, I'd still have to identify the Clippers. And there's no one team. Somebody would say it's the Lakers. Somebody else would say it's the Jazz. Somebody else would say the Warriors are going to be healthy. Somebody else would say the Nuggets. I mean, I get that. Denver getting better. Porter Jr. played. What can he do? You know, in 2017, he was the number one kid out of high yeah. school and all that stuff. He looks the part, doesn't and he? I, I've always believed that of all the prep rankings translating to college and then from college to the pros, I always thought that, that basketball was the uh, truest, best. Not all studs in college are going to be studs in the pros, but they're probably mm. going to be pretty good. But... 
but at the same time, we've seen busts. High high draft picks. Yeah, we've seen that Pretty in much baseball too. MJ drafts. I mean, there are people that get pronounced as the guy, and then A Rod turns out to be the guy. I mean, he was the number one pick. He was eighteen, and he was all that. Well, Strasburg and and uh, Harper. Yeah, but then there are other guys. It just doesn't. No. I wonder if the how what the percentages are in basketball compared to baseball. I I think it's the highest. Then I haven't looked at any numbers. Then I never will. That's you. I don't have to. Uh, but I think that that trend. So my point is, Porter was all that in the, and it's not just high school games. It's the summer stuff and the off season stuff. So if he, he didn't play last year, so he comes in, he could he could be a nice addition to Denver. So there's a bunch of teams out there that hey, let's get to Christmas, see where they're at, and then after Christmas, let's get to the trade deadline, see what moves they make, if any, and then late February, early March, we'll have a pretty good idea of who's who. All right, anything else we talked about? Well, Clayton Kershaw, we talked about that. Man, he looked dejected, sitting in the dugout. Nobody was over there picking up. He was just sitting there by himself, giving up homers on back-to-back pitches. Question is, should he have even been out there for the eighth inning? I wonder how many. I wonder what percentage of Dodger fans, A, would have never even brought him in. He came in, lefty versus lefty, get the out, get out of the seventh inning. And he did that. What percentage of Dodger fans would have pulled him after seven? Like, okay, he got the out. We dodged the bullet. Let's get on with it already. Thanks, Clayton. Next. And what would have left him out there and couldn't believe it happened? Well, there's only one guy associated with the Dodgers who's happy they left Clayton Kershaw in, and that's Joe Kelly. Because? Well, because he gave up the grand slam, but everybody's talking about Kershaw <laughs> sucking again. <laughs> Right? That didn't happen. Howie Kendrick did not take me deep to What are you blaming me field. for? If he would have got the outs, uh, we wouldn't have been in that situation. No one's, I didn't see any stuff on Joe Kelly on Twitter. I haven't no. seen any interviews with Joe Kelly. Celebrity. It's all about celebrity and stardom, and Clayton Kershaw's got it. There's two guys who have to answer for the Dodger loss. It is Kershaw and Roberts, the manager. Oh, yeah. Why'd you leave him in for the eighth? Mm-hmm. And why didn't you bring in Jansen? Even if you don't believe in him that much, he's still your number one guy out of the pen, and you lost the deciding game, and your number one guy never got in the ball game. What up? And, and for people who say, well, he's a closer, he should only be out there when they have the lead, well, it's tied. Not in that if situation. Have, right, because if, if they get the lead in that situation, it's a walk-off and it's over. So bring him in in a tie game. You take your chances, and then you just go from there. And you... You cannot do allow what happened to happen, and obviously, why not bring him in with the bases loaded? Why was Joe Kelly allowed to still be in that situation when you've got Rendon? Once Rendon smacked it off the wall, and it just as easily could have gone over, but it didn't. Then you got guys on second and third. Then they intentionally walk Soto. You're going with Joe. Ke- Your season's on the line, and you chose to go with Joe Kelly. That doesn't make any sense to me. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You're up to speed. That's a lot of the stuff we've been talking about during this show. And it's brought to you in part by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram in Sandy. Find your deals online at lhmdeals.com. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. 
This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Utah now coming off that bye week, they get a chance to look at Oregon State. And uh, look, you know, Utah's going to be favored to win, and Utah probably will and should win by a sizable amount. But Oregon State's starting to turn that thing around a yeah, little they are. bit. This isn't a game where you're just like, all right, Utah, just show up. Not this year. I don't think Oregon State's fantastic. I think they're very beatable. But if Utah went in with the wrong attitude, they could find themselves in a game in the third quarter. That's the point I'm making right there, is that if you don't go in and you don't play well and you're slow getting out of the gates, then Oregon State could make things nervous in the second half against you. You know, if there's one thing this season has taught us, you can't take anything for granted. Just ask Washington, who just got smoked by Stanford. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Straight from the book of PK, Dante's going to have his best season ever, and irregardless, he's going to get hurt after 37 games. At this point, Dante Exum's ceiling is Royce O'Neal with a better drive to the basket game. It's fine. We'll keep Dante Exum. We'll continue to train him. And then he'll go to some other team and be an all-star, and we'll just continue to be the league's feeder team. I really like Dante Exum and what he can do. The uh, injuries have been disappointing. But, man, a couple years ago in the playoffs when he was guarding James Harden, he frustrated Harden more than anyone else ever has. Hey guys, I hope Dante Exum just becomes Alec Burks, a more athletic Alec Burks. That's all out. I expect that Dante Exum will have a breakout year that gets cut short from a freaking injury. Time for your feedback. It is brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. Dante Axum did not play in the second preseason game of the year. When will he play? How will he perform? What are your expectations for him? That's been a big topic. Johnny Boy just tweeted at us five minutes ago what I said back in the 7 a.m. hour. Best case scenario, can he be the Sean Livingston of the Jazz? John, that's Johnny's expectation. I think that's my best case expectation. Well, I would take that right now, instantaneously. Kellen says with consistent rotation minutes, I think he'll do really well on the wing. He's got the ability to be an elite defender. I'll be pulling for him. We all will be pulling for yeah, him. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, be pulling for him, absolutely. The thing is. There have been, and we went over the numbers earlier, there have been so many missed games. He's basically played about a season and a third, not quite a season and a half, over four years. I'd take 20 minutes a game, 65 games. I wonder, I wonder if in a quiet moment of Dennis Lindsay and Quinn Snyder would sign off on that. Well, I share quiet moments with Dennis Lindsay. So I'll Tell us what it. he says. Well, but we can't because it's quiet. Dang it. See, if you said, like, you know, where you're hardly talking, but quiet has its own definition. Well, you could be whispering. That's quiet. No. Quiet is quiet. Say quiet in the library, and if you whisper, nobody says anything to you. You can, <laughs> you can get by with whisper. It's not dead silence. It's quiet. <laughs> yeah. But see, I got bad hearing, though. Oh, okay. So I wouldn't be able to hear it. All right. All that rock and roll over the years. Yeah. Soul. <laughs> you know how the rock and roll works. Do you, you, yeah, so feel like 
Can do. Oh. How'd you feel? It's a great show. <laughs> Good night, America. <laughs> so I, I was take this made for loving you, baby. You were made for loving me, yeah. and I can't get enough of you, Kiss. baby. Can you get enough of me? Right. That's rough. So, well, it's rock and roll. It's supposed to be rough. What do you want, Christopher Cross? Oh, my gosh. I actually hit a station, and sailing was on the other day, and I nearly <laughs> barfed on myself. Put the chicken noodle soup. Holy child mine. I almost put the chicken noodle soup right there on the steering wheel like you did one day driving into the trip. Exactly. That, that is a bottom ten song right there. So, sailing. Oh, stop Rock it. Rock and roll is painful, man. Aerosmith is having a residency down in Vegas. It's painful. I was born in a crossfire hurricane. Right. So if it's a quiet moment, I'm not going to be able to. Dennis has probably shared some very interesting stuff with me, but I haven't heard it. Taking care of business. Every day. Every day. (laughs) I'm still on Exum Island, Sandal Briggs tweets at us. There's a few of us. But we still here, and y'all aren't invited back to the party. Oh, well, all right. I hope you're right, man. All right, DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We are out of here. Tony and Austin are up next.